the New England Patriots are absolutely positively in the mud and your Miami Dolphins are enjoying another victory Monday here on Locked On Dolphins. I'm your host, Kyle Krabs, going out with a bang with the 2021 regular season. Your Miami Dolphins, the first team in NFL history to come back from a 1-7 and start to finish the year with a winning record. It's a little bright in here. We're going to talk about everything that happened on today's Victory Monday episode. Buckle in. You are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Dolphins fans, and welcome to another episode of Locked On Dolphins. I'm your host, Kyle Krabs, and I am in the Hyatt outside of Fort Lauderdale Airport. Forgive the raspy voice. Forgive the untraditional audio recording apparatuses we are using because I am on the road, and I was there at The Rock to close out the season with a bunch of Dolphins fans and celebrating a 33-24 victory over the New England Patriots. Dolphins finishing with a 9-8 and record on the season. We're going to talk about everything that happened here on Locked on Dolphins. Today's episode is brought to you by OnlineGambling.com, which is the place for all the latest gambling news and tips throughout the NFL playoffs. Visit OnlineGambling.com slash NFL to get the edge over the competition throughout this year's playoffs. I want to thank you guys for making Locked On Dolphins your first Miami Dolphins listen of the day. There's a ton of great Dolphins podcasts out there. And I, I can genuinely say that I hope there is a little enthusiasm with what happened. Miami, eliminated in week 17, comes out. And layest the smacketh down on Hack Jones and the New England Patriots. For the Dolphins, by the way, their third consecutive win over the New England Patriots, sweeping them in a single season for the first time since 2000. Four and one in their last five contests against the New England Patriots. This is a Miami Dolphins team that showed pride in week 18, in this big win, resiliency in this big win. And I think that's the thing that stood out the most to me. And the parallel that exists for me personally, and I understand nobody likes consolation prizes. Nobody likes not being competitive. Nobody likes a playoff drought that's long enough to old enough to be able to drink. And that's how long it's been since the Dolphins have won a playoff game. 21 years. I hear you. And I'm frustrated too. And there's going to be a time and a place for effectively the next four months nonstop in which we are going to relentlessly be combing through all of the dynamics of this team, identifying problem areas and identifying possible solutions and talking about things that aren't sustainable and things that need to change and things that are a problem and people that need to be swapped out for somebody else. We're going to talk about all that. But for today, after a season that sucked every ounce of joy that I had out of the game of football in the first two months of the year, after that 
I'm going to have some damn fun today on the show. And I'm not worried about the sustainability. I'm not worried about a coaching change and the Jim Harbaugh rumors and a quarterback change and the Tua Tungvaloa rumors and all that jazz. Not today. Today's a day to have a little bit of fun because that's why we all love this team, to have some fun together and have a common ground and root for the same thing. And I'll be damned if they didn't go out and do it. They put 33 points, two defensive touchdowns up on the New England Patriots, won the turnover battle three to nothing, ran the ball for almost 200 yards. They ran the football for almost 200 yards. This team couldn't run on anybody all year. And they have double birds to Belichick. Stop us if you can. Feel free. They couldn't. Duke Johnson was a monster. Tua running the ball was a monster. I had a lot of fun. I lost my damn voice. First half, and thank God I spent the first half of the, of the game in the box. I want to tip the cap to Joe Rose for the hospitality, inviting me up to be with the radio group, meeting Joe and Jimmy and Jason and, and tipping my cap to Jason. I shared the box with Jason for the first half of the game and listening to him serve as on the radio and observing how fast he was identifying and observing things that was happening on the football field. It's one of the coolest lifetime experience that I have in my career in being around the game of football. Seeing Jason Taylor, boom, identify four bits of information and rip them off on the podcast. And then the, the screen comes up and you watch the replay and he's right on everything he said every time. And he was gracious enough to share his workspace with me in the first half. An amazing experience. And then the second half, I transition, I go to some seats meet with some friends that I've made this year throughout the course of the season. Andy and Chef Greg and just a wonderful group of people. And we cheered this team and they finished the job. Now, it wasn't a perfect win, right? Tua Tungvaloa had 109 passing yards on 22 attempts. The Dolphins as a team had 298 yards offense. They weren't overly dynamic. We did miss the opportunity. We had the Jalen Waddle play that we were waiting on all season long. It was there. And he dropped the ball. But he did set the rookie receptions record, which is another really, really cool experience for me as somebody who pounded the table. For three months, the Jalen Waddle was the right wide receiver for the Miami Dolphins. He set the rookie receptions record, and he did it in 16 games. So miss me with the, oh, we got the extra game. He did it in week 18. Nobody else in the history of football before last year had to worry about COVID and missing games. And that was the reason why he missed his game. Don't put an asterisk on Jalen Waddle breaking the rookie receptions record. And is it a perfect world implementation of Jalen Waddle? No. In a perfect world, he's probably got 16, 1,700 yards to go with those 104 receptions. It's not a perfect world. The Dolphins aren't a perfect offense. You knew that already. But we saw this team go and say, hey, you know what? We're going we're gonna to throw our UDFA offensive lineman out there. He's going to start at right tackle against the Patriots. And he did a decent job. I can't wait to review the film. 
and see how Robert Jones did. It felt so nice to not have to worry about Jesse Davis every time the Dolphins offense had the ball. Dolphins won time of possession, 33 and a half minutes. Were they great on third downs? They were 7 of 15. They were pretty average. They got bailed out a couple of times. Hat tip to the ref for calling that unnecessary roughness on the fake punt. I didn't think it was a penalty. Am I going to complain about it? No, because I had to watch my team play four games without their start, five games without their starting quarterback this year. You're not going to catch me feeling sorry for you because of a bad call at all. And now this is where we get to the, the big picture perspective. And I know there's a lot of people with a lot of opinions. And again, I want to stress the fact that I'm going to say some complimentary things about what this team has accomplished. And I don't want you to take that as broad brush brushing over the issues that exist with this team, because I understand that there are issues that exist with this team. We're going to talk about the offensive coordinators. We're going to talk about the offensive tackle position. We're going to talk about the running back position. We're going to talk about the quarterback position. We're going to do all those things in the coming weeks. But just some big picture perspective on the Dolphins and finishing this season with a 9-8 and eight record. First and foremost, it's the first time since 2002 and 2003, that the Miami Dolphins had consecutive winning seasons. That might seem like a consolation prize and a whoop-de-doo to some. Not to me. That's a point of pride. I am proud to say that this is a team that won more than they lost in the season. And I am happy that this team came back from the brink in the way in which they did to get to that point. Just how long has it been? I'm going to tell you, but not before I tell you about our friends over at Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. It is the new year. And if you are looking for resolutions to try and eat healthy, get trim, whatever, you can make Built Bar a part of your plan. Right now, you can go to built.com and use promo code LOCK15 let's say 15% off your next order. That's built.com, promo code LOCK15 to save 15% off your next order of the world's most delicious protein bar. What on earth are you waiting for? Dolphins fans, we are looking for an edge these days, and I'd like to thank our friends at onlinegambling.com for sponsoring today's podcast. If you don't know already, OnlineGambling.com is a website dedicated to giving gamblers the edge. Throughout the playoffs, they're providing you with the best NFL tips, news, and more to help make your bets as informed as ever. OnlineGambling.com is on a mission to be the world's most empowering gaming and betting site, giving gamblers the edge by providing the best and most trusted experience online all day, every day. Inspiring every gambler in the world to beat the odds. You can go to onlinegambling.com and check out the latest NFL playoff news and tips on how you can get the edge. Visit the website for NFL tips ahead of the playoffs and visit the NFL onlinegambling.com website for all of the latest NFL news. 
this is the parallel that I'm hoping to draw. The Dolphins, the last two years, winning seasons. And first and foremost, it sucks to not be in the playoffs. And if the Dolphins beat the Raiders, they're in the playoffs. If the Dolphins beat the Jaguars, they're in the playoffs. If the Dolphins beat the Colts, they're in the playoffs. If the Dolphins beat the Falcons, they're in the playoffs. Well, the Tennessee game hurt, but they all count for one in the win or loss column. And the Tennessee one was just so happening to be the straw that broke the camel's back. There were other opportunities, more easily attainable opportunities, and the Dolphins let it slip through their fingers. But nevertheless, came all the way back from the brink, eight and one over the final nine games of the season. And if you're not proud about that, I don't know what to tell you. 19 wins over the last two years for Brian Flores. Do you know how long it's been? Do you have any context of average two-year blocks for this Dolphins team? Because if you don't, I have it pulled up, and I'd, take the, I'd like to take the walk with you. 2021 and 2020, 19 wins. Remember that number. 2020 and 2019, 15 wins. 2019 and 2018, 12 wins. 2018 and 2017, 13 wins. 2017, 2016, 16 wins. 2016, 2015, 16 wins. 2015, 2014, 14 wins. 2014, 2013, 16 wins. 2013, 2012, 15 wins. 2012, 2011, 13 wins. 2011, 2010, 13 wins. 2010, 2009, 14 wins. 2009, 2018, or 2008, 18 wins. That's the closest you're going to get for a while. 2008, 2007, 12 wins. 2007, 2006, 7 wins. 2006, 2005, 15 wins. 2005, 2004, 13 wins. 2004, 2003, 14 wins. 2003, 2002, 19 wins. 2002, 2001, 20 wins. Coincidentally, that 2003-2002 stretch that also yielded 19 wins, a 10-6 and season and a 9-7 and season, uh, the Dolphins also, and this is courtesy of uh, Marcel Louis Jacquez of uh, ESPN, Dolphins also did not make the playoffs in either of those two seasons, just as the Dolphins with a 9-8 and record and a 10-6 and record this year. Uh, did not make the playoffs in either of those two seasons. They are the last team to have consecutive winning seasons in back-to-back years and not make the playoffs either season. Some hard luck. Some holes you dug yourself into that you probably wish you couldn't have. But I, again, go back to how I felt at the end of October. The existential dread that existed in getting up knowing We were going to have to talk about Dolphins football for another two, three months. This team made it fun the last three months. A lot of fun. The last 10 weeks have been an absolute blast. Last week was a gut punch. And the timeline this week coming into this game was insufferable, miserable. A lot of frustrated fans, a lot of angry fans. And I get it. I am amongst the frustrated fans. And in certain instances, angry fans.
But as I try and take a big picture scope, such a flawed team that did what they did when we were talking about sweeping massive changes to this organization to buckle down the way that they did, show heart, resolve, pride, gives me pride to be a Dolphins fan. And I hope it gives you pride too. I'm not saying we need to be proud about having not won a playoff game since 2000. I'm not proud of that. But in the grand scheme and scope of what this team is versus what it's been, I'm excited about what it can become from here. And we'll have the conversations about who should be a part of those and who should not be a part of those decisions, right? Because that's, that is the ultimate mystery right now. Should Chris Greer be the GM of this football team? Should Brian Flores be the head coach of this football team? Should George Gotze and Eric Studisville be the offensive coordinators of this football team? Should Tua Tungvalu be the starting quarterback of this football team? We're going to ask and explore those questions. But for right now, the Patriots are in the mud. They are pissed off. They're frustrated. They're flustered. The way that we feel right now, about the Buffalo Bills, the New England Patriots feel about us. I've read the timeline. I've read the tweets. I've seen the self-deprecating posts that have come out since the game ended. And they are absolutely delicious. Positively delicious. Season sweep of the Pats. Four and one in the last five. Brian Flores is for his career four and two the last three years against Pats. If that's not enough to really perk you up a little bit and bring some momentum into this offseason, hopefully, I don't know what would be. And maybe I would feel differently if like I wasn't there. But that is one of the observations that I couldn't help but make um, as I watched this game and I was there in person. And this is a challenge that I have for Dolphins fans. It was a little bothersome to see as much navy blue and Mac Jones number 10s and Dante Hightowers, and Vince Wilforks, and Julian Edelman's, and Tom Brady's, and all the jerseys in the stands. And to hear the Let's Go Patriots chant that started with about five minutes left in the game when the Patriots were trying to jump back up into this thing, was a little unsettling for a diehard Dolphins fan who has only recently started taking in games at the Rock. And that's a challenge that I have for this fan base for next year's don't let Patriots fans show up at your house like that again. Don't let them do it. Because, you know, it was amazing waving goodbye and telling them to drive home safe when they all packed their bags and left 
when Miami put themselves in position with the Durham Smythe chunk play along the sideline and Duke Johnson running hard and Tua scrambling for a first down to put the dagger in their hearts and end the game. It was a lot of fun wishing them safe travels. But there were a lot of Patriots fans there. And that was one thing that jumped out and surprised me. I hope all those Pats fans that drove in knew about our friends over at Get Upside, which is an incredible app. Everyone who buys gas needs to know about Get Upside. Listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use promo code TOUCHDOWN and save a bonus. 25 cents for every gallon on your first gallon, on your first fill-up. It's up to 50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price of the pump anymore. Get cash back. Using Get Upside, just download the app for free and use promo code TOUCHDOWN. You get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. People who drive a lot are making as much as two to $300 a month in cash back, and there's no catch. The cash gets added right to your account. We'll cash out anytime you want. Your bank account, PayPal, or e-gift cards such as Amazon or the brands. Just download the free Get Upside app and use promo code Touchdown. Uh, I've checked the tape. I have grand total twenty-five thousand one hundred and seven steps for the day. Worth every single one of them. My body sore as hell. My voice is shot, and I would do it all over again because I had a great time. This is the fourth Dolphins game I attended this year. Colts game, L. Texans game, dub. Ravens game, dub. Pats game, dub. And my first career game at the Rock was last year for Tua's first start against the Rams, which was also a dub. So just like the Dolphins are 4-1 and one in their last five against the Pats, yours truly is 4-1 and one in his career attending Dolphins games at the Rock. Um, but there, there is more at hand. There is more to discuss. And I want to close with this for today and then give the voice box a rest. We now know where the Miami Dolphins are original draft selection, which belongs to the Philadelphia Eagles, courtesy of the trade up for Jalen Waddle, falls in the draft order. And after much panic and hysteria that the Dolphins had traded away a top five pick, drum roll please, the Miami Dolphins draft slot falls 15th in the 2022 NFL draft order. As things currently stand, San Francisco did come back and beat the Rams. And by the way, had they not come back and beat the Rams, then San Francisco uh, would have been slotted 16th or 17th in the draft order. Had San Francisco not conducted a miraculous comeback against the Rams, those two spots would have, those two picks that were exchanged that were part of that decision that Miami made, the teams would have finished with the same record and Miami would have traded up or back two spots for the Waddle deal. 
when it is all said and done, presuming San Francisco does not go on a playoff run, these picks are probably going to be separated by five or six spots. I know that's a storyline that a lot of people have been paying a lot of attention to, especially those who um, don't have perspective or appreciation for Jalen Waddell and, and understand the full dynamics of that trade. That trade back from three doesn't happen unless there is a corresponding move. The Dolphins moved back from three to six and picked up extra assets. No bones about it. It was one all-encompassing corresponding strategy. And in the end, it's going to cost you six spots in this year's class. In a draft class that has probably six or seven high-level talents, blue-chip talents, and then a good amount of depth. That there's not a player, especially when you start factoring in positional versus or positional value, if they're going to draft a linebacker in the first round, assuming they keep their first round pick, which we don't know and we won't know uh, for a little bit yet. Um, that I think they're going to be just fine with whatever their strategy ends up being. And we are going to be just fine. This team is going to keep plugging away a little engine that could, that saved the season and made it fun, even if it didn't end big picture wise, the way that so many of us had hopes and aspirations for, which was the postseason. And maybe that's a loser mentality. And maybe you, you feel that in listening to me talk. And I hope that's not the case, but what I do know is the last 10 weeks of Miami Dolphins football is as fun of a stretch as I can remember, even with the gut punch in week 17 in probably the last 10 years. And some of that was because of how bad the two months before it were. But nevertheless, what a way to close out this season. Special teams, the punt at the end of the game to roll them down inside the five-yard line and milk extra time off the clock to set it up for a one-play scenario for New England from inside their own five. Jason Sanders hit a long field goal. Defense, Xavier Howard. Mac Jones threw a sick touchdown pass to Xavier Howard. Sam McGuavin jumping in front of the throwback for a garbage time tutty. Good teams win, great teams cover. I think the Dolphins had it under control. They won by nine. Offense, Duke Johnson. The offense on the first possession was really humming, too. It was perfect on that first possession of the game. Did he do much afterwards? No. But when Duke Johnson runs the way that he runs and runs over Kyle Van Noy, like a nice little speed bump on the rock, in his way out of bounds on a two-minute drill, Duke Johnson showed some stones. Jalen Waddell set some records. You got an undrafted rookie at offensive tackle and Robert Jones who showed a little bit of life. I can't wait to dig in and evaluate all the, the finer nuances of what made this such a great win for the Dolphins. I hope you dig into a little bit more locked on Dolphins. The rest of this week, we're evaluating offensive and defensive coaching staffs, existing players in the rooms, who needs to go, who needs to stay, in my opinion, and what that decision would make if they choose to make that or not make that. 
It's going to be a wild couple of weeks. The Harbaugh rumors were rampant this weekend. I don't know how you fire Brian Flores after winning against New England. The ownership that he's had in the recent history of the rivalry with New England. Dolphins 4-2 and two in the division this year. 19 wins is the most they've had in a two-year stretch since 2002-2003. Ironically, the last time they had consecutive winning seasons, ironically, neither made the playoffs in either one of those years. Of course they didn't. The quarterback rumor mill is going to be an exhausting one. And we're going to be with you every step of the way. So make sure you hit subscribe. Keep it locked in right here on Locked on Dolphins. Some cow crabs. Thanks as always for listening. Fins up. And welcome to Club Dub. Make yourself at home. We're not going anywhere. Season 2022 doesn't start until September, which means we are, for the ninth time in 10 weeks, chilling in Club Dub. It's a little bright in here. Make yourselves at home and fins up.